Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott, alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Hey, Sean. How you doing? It's a Sunday night. Yeah, I, I gotta be honest, I felt, uh, you know, a little, you know, like I didn't want to interact with people today. That's fair. And it was a good thing because there was some good curling on TV all day. Yeah, here in the nation's capital, it was a bright, sunny day, but it was also very cold. Uh, the high and minus 10 or something like that. So a perfect day to sit inside and watch no less, Scott, than 12 hours of curling coverage with our friends at Sportsnet. Yeah, nonstop. Uh, I hope they're all getting getting paid uh, overtime over there. Yeah, well, actually, Andrew Stokely, who's a sound guy there at Sportsnet, he was doing the Manitoba games. And mm. uh, so he was up early with that game starting at 8.30 local time there uh, in Winnipeg. And he said after the final, he had to get a flight to Toronto because he's working the Raptor game tomorrow night, which is on Sportsnet. Holy cow. No rest so, for the wicked, eh? Or... No, so so a long a long day for him and uh, with a flight, and then hopefully all goes well tomorrow down in Toronto. But Scott, let's start with Manitoba because between the two provinces today, Manitoba, Alberta, rounding out the Briar Field, Manitoba was. I feel it's not a stretch to say that it was far less entertaining. So let's start this morning. Sean Grassy, Mike McEwen in the semifinal game. And it was just a case of, I don't mean this to, to sound disrespectful at all, but some people might take it as disrespectful. But Sean Grassy and his team were, they, they looked in a lot of ends almost like a club team. Like they were making sort of half shots, rollouts when you couldn't afford rollouts, the sort of things that I would expect to see, you know, at a Thursday night, high level, maybe even a club game. But but that's sort of the, the feel it got, that even though the score was close for a lot of the game, it didn't really feel like Sean Grassy had a legitimate chance to win at any point in that game this morning. Yeah, I agree with you. That's exactly what I was thinking. As as you were just saying that there, that I, I think he's going to say club. And, and, uh, yeah, they, like they're quite a good team. Sean Grassy has, you know, he's always in the mix there at Manitoba provincials, but yeah, even the way they were sliding seemed to me, it seemed to me like they were maybe not used to playing at eight 30 in the morning, which fair enough. Who is? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it seemed like they, they sort of hit their snooze button a little too much this morning and. Uh, against a team like Mike McEwen, you can't really do that, and uh, it was a, pr- a pretty much a walkover. Yeah, I mean, you, Mike McEwen gets the single or gets forced in the second, gets the steal in the third. Sean Grassy makes a couple really nice shots in the fourth end to get the deuce, and gives it right back in the fifth, and uh, that was pretty much the end of the game, really, mm-hmm. uh, at that point. And you could even sense that Jeff Stoughton didn't think that Sean Grassi had a chance at that point. Uh, Mike Harris certainly didn't think that Sean Grassi had a point or had a chance after that point. And yeah, it was, it was just a game where the McEwen team didn't play great, but they were better 
uh, just, you know, eye test, and I, I, you know, the stats certainly bear that out too, but just eye test, certainly a, a much better sh- game for Mike McEwen and his team than Sean Grassy. Oh yeah, 100%. So let's move then to the final between Jason Gunlison, who beat Mike McEwen in, they call it the 1-1 game, which is like, okay, uh, the equivalent of a 1-2 game in a, in a page system. On a side note, I, I I don't know which system I like less is this new Manitoba one versus the new Alberta one, which we'll talk about to play a double elimination to get rid of 24 teams, to have those eight teams play another double elimination to -hmm. get into a page playoff. I I don't think I was thrilled with that, but whatever. It's a Uh, lot, right? Like it's a lot of games and a lot of uh, like, do you need 24 teams at provincials? A likely no. Yeah. But, uh, hey, you know, it, it is, is what, what it yeah, is. It is what it is. So, uh, so Jason Gunlison didn't play this morning. They got to sit and watch coming into this game. They get the hammer because they won that 1 1 game. And uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> this was a tough watch. This was a tough watch for me. Like, it just. All the way through, uh, you know, come out. Gun, Gunner gets forced in the second. Then the second then gets a steal of two and a steal of one in the fourth to go up for nothing. And this was what we saw a lot of last year at the Briar with Mike McEwen's team. You know, not great energy, not great body language. Jeff Stoughton certainly talked about it a lot on the broadcast of, at one point, Colin Hodgson said, on one side of the sheet, well, that sheet is done, or that side's done. And Jeff Stout basically said, you can't play like that. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the first half of the game, and if you think you can't play one side of the sheet, you have no chance of winning. Yeah. And it was, you know, I, 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 I sort of thought in my head, maybe I could tweet back at Stokely to see if I could just get him to turn their mics off. <laughs> uh, but it, 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 I found it to be a legitimately difficult watch. What did you think? Sean, it's like... It's like we were watching all day together, but we weren't. I I think Mike <laughs> McEwen is is got to be the king of bad body language, and if if you just watch him when he gets down like that, you you have to think there's no chance. I mean, yeah, they came back and scored a, a three in the fifth end. Yeah, they're only down one, right? But yeah. it. But the looks on their faces and the way that they were playing was like, oh, poor us. We've, you know, suffered the greatest of injustices because because we can't figure out draw weight. Like, it, it, they didn't have a chance, right? No, it, it certainly didn't seem like they did. The the thing, though, is that Jason Gunlifson, he talked about this in an interview they did, that, you know, they're into the analytics and, and figuring out what, is the best strategy. And he talked that that has led to some ugly line scores for them. Mm -hmm. And when you get to that fifth end, they were still throwing guards. They were not playing defensively at all. They were sort of going all in, which lets Mike McEwen back into the game. And and in the second half of the game, the score in the second half was three, two for Gunlison. But I don't, I think Mike McEwen's team played better in the second half than Gunlison's team. Yeah, for sure. And, and McEwen has an open draw for two in the eighth. Comes up like, I don't know, 15 feet light. He doesn't. Yeah, he just has to hit the paint. Like, and and he, he's not even close. Not even, not even close. And like, 
Semigolski and Hodgson are good sweepers. Yeah. You know, there's no way you should miss a shot by that much. But I, I sort of think like that side was in his head the whole game. Yeah. And, you know, once that happens and Gunner gets a pretty good two and nine, uh, it's, it's game over. And, and, yeah, the just just like the way he slumps his shoulders, he's got his broom over his shoulder, like, oh boy, oh, this is tough. You're not inspired, right? No, no, you're, cer- you're certainly not. It, and it's new with him, too. Like, you know, nobody's ever going to accuse B.J. Newfeld of being a super energetic guy uh, oh. out there on the ice. But that relationship that they had, that, that chemistry on the ice, it... It it to this point this is it's the second year right or mm-hmm. third year whatever it is it's it's too soon to say that this is untenable but at this point it after watching this game after watching what happened to the Briar last year it just they need to figure something out on those team dynamics to to put them into a better position to win games. Yeah, and and it's something that uh, Mike McEwen has talked about with uh, going back to his old team there that that hurdle of getting to the Briar they could never quite cross for a long time, yeah. and they did work with you know sports psychologists and uh, coaches with more of a team dynamic background you know to try and and help that stuff because because it can hurt a team and like Sean you know me I'm pretty bad at body language too. <laughs> And it's part of the reason I I stopped skipping back, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago was because if I got frustrated down at the other end of the ice, it really came through. And and so it's it's one of those things where I know they've experimented with Reed calling the game, with Mike calling the game. They've seen they seem to have settled into something that's working for them this year and as we'll discuss, they're going to get a chance to be in the Briar as the wildcard team. Uh, but, they, you know, they need to really look at themselves in the mirror before they go to that game and say, what do we need to do to be successful? Yeah, and, and it's one of these things, too. I think Sam Magalski also doesn't have great body language. There was at one point where, you know, the, the two sweepers are talking to each other right. a lot as they go down, but it's not just about weight. They're also talking to each other about line, Mm -hmm. which I think can be a little problematic at times. And there was at one point where Colin was sweeping and Derek was telling him to sweep and Reed Carruthers just goes, Derek, it's fine. Like Mm -hmm. it's those sorts of little things that you really pick up on. Uh, And I also noticed with Colin Hodgson, he's a fan of coming down a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he's the sort of person who, uh, or sort of player that you know when you're on clocks fine do what you want but at the club level I would I would not want to play against somebody like Colin Hodgson but uh, you know he has a lot of input and you know we saw last year at the Briar where McEwen made that great shot in off uh, or run angle run on a mm-hmm. corner that he saw and nobody else saw you know Russ didn't see it right only, the only right. person in the building who really saw that shot was Colin Hodgson so he has a lot to contribute he's a really good player but. There were times where his uncertainty with the ice seemed he was sort of projecting that on the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. And and then at one point, it was late in the game, Mike comes down and says, all right, what, what, I think this will work. And Colin says, well, you know better than I. And I was like, well, we just have two hours of tape that seems to indicate that you don't actually <laughs> think that. So it's it's just, 
there's something slightly off about this team and it's it's interesting scott because they're still really really good really good, uh, yeah. you know i i think you know they were certainly the favor going into manitoba we'll talk about the wild card game i think they're going to be favored to win that game i i certainly would put them as the favorites in that game and if they get in the field they can win they're good enough to do that but it reminds me a little bit of brad jacobs team after the olympics where really talented and having pretty good results they haven't had of course the heights that brad jacobs had even after the olympics right he made a couple of briar finals but they just there, there was just something off about the dynamic and they couldn't quite capture it again and that's what that's the vibe that i currently get from this McEwen team uh yeah that's not a bad comparison for sure i derek was uh, it seemed to me upset a few times with line calls you yes. know where where he was like oh i, I could have made the shot and i also know that feeling really well uh <laughs> and and as far as colin goes yeah like it, he knows a lot he's got a lot to offer sometimes you would rather just mike and reed talk it out and get it together but uh sort of side note all credit to colin hodgson after the game when he's shaking hands with the other team yep. he said congratulations guys you really deserve it like yep. i'm really happy for you so you know ultimate uh, sportsman if you yes. will in colin hodgson so uh good on him for that yeah so let's talk about the guys who deserve it jason gunlifson who uh, they said on the broadcast played in his first manitoba final when he was or, or in 2006 which mm-hmm. sounds crazy to me, but uh, he was, of course, in that uh, the Roar of the Rings that he made it into in 2009. That's sort of when he burst onto the scene yeah. there uh, in, uh, I, I can't remember where that was held. I want to say Edmonton, but I don't know if that's right. Um, so, you know, he's been around for a while. First time uh, winning Manitoba. The thing that, that I noticed, Scott, in the second half of the game that they weren't quite doing in, in the first half was Gunner was relying a lot on the heavyweight. And, you know, I think one of the, the greatest things of, of Jason Gunlifson's career in terms of meme ability is when he was playing mixed about seven, eight years ago. And the two women who are sweeping for him are running and can't catch up to the can't catch up to the rock. Like he can he can whip it. And it seemed like in the second half they were letting rocks hang around with Jason just sort of saying and even just being like we can we can just get rid of them. And that got him into a bit of trouble uh, in the fifth end mm-hmm. where he was outside and rolled out. Uh, almost bit him in the eighth end too. Uh, but McEwen, as we talked about, comes up light on that draw. So. You know, sometimes it felt like, and and Stoughton talked about this, where, you know, a little more prudent in the game calling would probably be a little bit better on your strategy, but he is so confident that he can just Hulk smash things to go away, which he can, but over the course of a week against the best teams in the country, I got to be honest, if if Mike McEwen is in the field, I kind of like his chances more than Gunlifson's even though Gunlison is the Manitoba champion. Uh, I, I believe that that's what I think too. I think uh, for sure, for sure. Uh, with Gunlison's first time there, you know, he's obviously no stranger to the big events, but 
it's it's different, right? Like people yeah. have told us, it's it's sort of different wearing the bison on your back and having that target. Like you know, when Chelsea Carey got there in in 2014, she had a really good run, uh, but but the field was a little bit weaker for for the 2014 Scotties. So you know, uh, we'll see uh, see what happens. But uh, I gotta believe that I agree that Mike McEwen would be favored. Yeah, but all credit to Jason Gunlison. Uh, really cool story. Great for him to finally get one. You know, curling junkie as he talked about. Uh, so it'll be it'll be a lot of fun to see him there. I worry about his vocal cords. Um, <laughs> a lot, a lot of panic calls in this game uh, between both teams. But Gunner, he can't get through eight days of that. Yeah, there's no, a, there's no way. It would be, uh, you know, he's gonna have to drink a lot of tea. Yeah, maybe bring uh, some lozenges. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's. I, if if that is the, the decibel level that he is gonna go to the briar with, it's gonna be a Russ Howard situation by Tuesday. Likely, at, yeah. At the latest. Yeah. Uh, if you remember back in the '90s when Russ Howard, his voice would be gone by. Monday. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so, so hopefully the, you know, games that they're on TV, they're a little calmer, a little uh, less panicky. Uh, the other big story, of course, from this game, Adam Casey, uh, Ryan Fry gets his fourth province. Adam Casey says, not so fast, man. Uh, so Adam Casey now will be representing Manitoba after previously representing Newfoundland Labrador. Prince Edward Island and Saskatchewan. So uh, he is getting some great geographic diversity. Yeah. And he played in Ontario last year, right? They didn't, Did he? They, they didn't make the, uh, the finals, but I believe he played with, uh, I'm blanking right now, but I think he played in Ontario. Uh, so, you know, uh, have, have curling shoes will travel kind of, kind of thing, but uh, congratulations to him. Uh, pretty exciting. And I, I'm pretty excited for uh, Alex Forrest to, you know, first time to go. Uh, good, good teams, uh, good players. So yeah, something different, you know. Yeah, seems like yeah, seems like good guys. Uh, you know, a lot of fun to watch. You know, when Gunlison does throw that high hard one, it's it's great to see. It's mm-hmm. it's different. I mean, I get a little tired of the Hulk smash sort of of the men's game at times, uh, but Gunners is a little different. And four-second peels are always fun. Yeah. Uh, so, Sean, uh, but before we move on, you were right, uh, 2009 in Edmonton. Okay. Off the top of my head, too. And uh, uh, Jason Godlickson comes through the seaside and beat Mike McEwen in the pre-trials to get his berth in the uh, Olympic trials. So uh, a little bit of a, a rematch there today. Yeah. Uh, Gunner did go 0-7 in the trials. Yes, which they took. They're, they're, I, I don't know why I remember this as vividly as I do, but there was a moment in the final where Gunnison's team was in the crowd, and uh, they showed the four of them on TSN did, and it was on the screen in the building, and it said Team Gunnison went 0-7 this week. Uh, <laughs> and they just started laughing. Uh, they thought that was the funniest thing. Uh, so, that yeah. So, you know, and at the trials here in Ottawa in 2017, uh, of course, one of the greatest things ever <laughs> him coaching Brendan Botcher and saying, you know, we're tied now. We score, they score, we score, they score, we score, then we win. 
then we win. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, so uh, <laughs> it'll be it'll be a lot of fun to see them uh, in Kingston. Uh, Mike McEwen, of course, will be going uh, to Kingston as well. We'll talk about why uh, he is going in a little bit, but let's shift our attention, Scott, over to what I think was a way more entertaining pair of games out there in Alberta. Let's start with the semifinal. Ted Appleman playing against Brendan Botcher, a rematch of last year's semifinal as well. And Mm -hmm. this time, Brendan Botcher comes out on top in, I think this uh, this was the game of the day. Oh, yeah. And I don't think it was was even close, you know, uh, for the game of the day. I... Both teams played really, really well. Everyone was making shots. I think uh, at the break, everyone was 90% or more. So, yeah, overall, a, a really fun, fun game to watch. What did you think, Sean, was the 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 turning point of the game? Or was there one? It's hard to, it's hard to say that, it's, that there it's was probably one. Just the I, last I think. Shot. Well, I mean, it wins the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of when, you know, sometimes uh, on TSN they'll do like, oh, this was the shot, the TSN turning point, and it was just the shot that won them the game. Won the game, yeah. Or like in a hockey game, it's like, oh, that goal they scored to go up by one. Yeah. That, that was the turning point. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but no, I yeah, think it was playing well. Everyone played really well. I think, though, Darren Molding would get my MVP in this game. He really played well, did out curl Nathan Connolly and Ted Appleman was put in a couple of tough spots. Like in that first end, he has to draw full four, maybe a piece of the button to score. Uh, and of course does it, but you know, the, the botcher team was putting pressure on Ted Appleman, especially in the first half of that game. And, you know, Ted had to to really come through and, and make some big shots for his team so that he, they didn't give up any steals. And you just see it in the, the Botcher gets three forces. Appleman's only able to get one deuce, and Botcher gets the four twos. So it, it just really is that when you look at that line score, it's emblematic of Brendan Botcher's team just being on the right side of the inch all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They... Uh, they definitely were, they were the favorite going in, right? So you're not really surprised by it, but yeah, when they get to give one, get two, you know, you're, you're expecting to win the game at that point. Yeah. I, and, I actually and... went out to run a, a little errand, uh, I think after the fourth end. So, you know, I didn't see the fifth that came back and was like, Oh, they got to do Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, just a, a tremendous game for Brendan Botcher and his team there. Uh, all credit to them, and all credit, too, to Ted Appleman. That's two really good runs uh, back-to-back years here at the Boston Pizza Cup yeah, a little, out there in Alberta. A little heartbreaking, you know, uh, after doing so well. But, you know, his consolation prize was winning the world championship last year as the That's fifth right. on Team Kepikumi. That's so, right. not bad. Uh, yeah, you'll you'll definitely take that. But you sort of heard him at the end of the game, too. He makes a really good shot in his last in the tenth, that uh, forces Brandon Botcher to make his, and you know he said like we played well, yeah, <laughs> and and they certainly did. Uh, so Brandon Botcher gets that win eight to five. Then he will play Karsten Sturmey in the final. Karsten Sturmey beat Ted Appleman in the one-two game yesterday. Very rested 
ready to go, the University of Alberta team. And this game was it wasn't bad at all. Like I, it, I don't think it was quite as good as the Appleman Botcher game, but it was a really good game. It seemed, yeah, it seemed to me like uh, Botcher was really in control of the game the whole time until the last three ends. Yeah. Right. I thought, okay, they're definitely going to win. I almost uh, texted you to say, Hey, can we record a little bit early knowing that, that uh, Botcher's going to win? But then it sort of, you know, they mixed it up, uh, got a few rocks in play, got a couple misses out of the botcher team. Yep. And were able to put the pressure on uh, make, making Brendan throw his last to the full forefoot. Yeah, so there's a couple points in this game that, that I was really curious about. Uh, mm-hmm. The score is 2-2 in the fourth end. Uh, Carson Sturmey gets forced in the first, has to make a nice shot. Uh, and then force back, force mm-hmm. in the third. Uh, so it's 2-1, excuse me, I got the score wrong. Uh, so it's, uh, Brendan Botcher gets two in the four. So he's up three to two. Yeah. Playing the fifth end. And he has two in the house, just a wall of guards. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically if you're looking at the overhead screen, the four foot line, just a little to the right of the four foot line on the right of the house, everything to the left boards basically is covered, right? Yeah. There's. There's no couple, wide out turn. Yeah, a couple small holes. You can't go wide out turn. Maybe go through a hole. And he has to draw a full eight foot, which on its own for people of this caliber is not that difficult, but he has to navigate a hole. Mm-hmm. And what I was thinking, Scott, was could he not go wide in turn side to go around what were essentially corner guards? And if he buries it perfectly, not that he has to bury, but just so you get a sense of the line, if he puts it buried behind those two stones, he he's almost touching the forefoot. Yeah. Like just, just to my eye, I thought that was an easier line. But again, for them to get to the button, they were putting outside 12 foot. So maybe it wasn't even there. Yeah, it seemed to me like the, the it would be more of a guess, especially on the speed for them going way out to the boards. And they seemed comfortable enough with uh, with the hole. Turns out it was a bit tighter than they thought, and and they weren't able to do it. Uh, I wondered if he maybe wanted to play. He, on you know, in his first, he played a hit through a, through the port, yep. sort of a hack waiter. Yeah, very nice shot. And then Botcher comes back and and also goes through the hole. And he Botcher Stone rolled far enough that. He didn't have the same hole to come through, right? Uh, on Sturmay's last. Well, the botcher shooter on that one rolled out. Oh, rolled out. Yeah. So the two, he was sitting two on the other side. The okay. shooter, because he threw harder weight. But yeah, that's true. Yeah, you couldn't. That the way that that hole was, sort of one, was, on the right side, it was two stones. On the left side, it was one. The way that that ice was curling, I don't think you could get through there with the, a draw. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. So I think they played the only one where they were confident in the speed and thought that it, it was big enough to get through. Yeah, and it they didn't. They right? didn't. That's, and that's a really hard shot. And that's probably, probably, you know, the turning point of the game. At that point, I thought, okay, well, well, Botcher's running away with this, right? They're too good. Yeah. Uh, but you know, credit to Sturme bounces back and gets their deuce in six coming out after the break. Uh, and then they, they got a steal in nine to tie it. And yep. to be honest, I don't think Brendan Botcher was like 
all that worried about giving that steal. Um, no, you heard you heard Darren Molding uh, as they measured say, you know, I I think I, it's I think it's yellow. I don't even know if I want it to be red. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which, if that's the case, you can just kick him. Oh well, you know the the official was there. Right, but if that's but if that's actually how you feel, you can just be like, well, uh, yellow, okay, go. Right, yeah. and you can just but, kick him away. Like, but that was it. He wasn't sure. Yeah, but again, if you don't want the point, <laughs> just kick him. You don't have to. You don't. It's if it's close enough to measure, and you say to the other team, well, it's yellow, and kick him. Well, then okay. Then okay. Yeah. I do that frequently. <laughs> Measuring, I don't like to measure. Yeah, we ain't waste got time of, for this. Waste of my time. We got yeah. cold. Uh, so, uh, but that was an interesting end too, because sort of everything builds up there in the back forefoot, and they play freezes back and forth with Garson Sturmey playing the outturn side, Brendan Botcher playing the intern side, and they sort of ping ponged as to who was shot until Carson Sturmey's last one, where he makes a, an an amazing shot, followed by, even though it didn't score, maybe even a better shot by Brendan Botcher. <laughs> I'm like a hack weight through the whole little raise. Like just that was great curling. Oh yeah. And I think you're right. It might've even been a better shot, but he didn't, didn't score with it, you know, like, yeah, it, yeah. It was some incredible shot making and it seemed like uh, the, the ones leading up to maybe like the thirds stones and uh, the first skips rocks were just, just like a little bit too heavy. Yeah. And yeah, Darren Molding's behind the line. Yeah, Darren Molding's last one. Uh, that was, was probably the shot that set up the steal. He's mm-hmm. heavy and sort of rolls off uh, that sort of stack that had built up, and that's the shot that, if you're Brendan Botcher, you really needed to be able to score. Mm-hmm. For sure. Given, given that Carson Sturmey made two really good ones after that. Yes. So uh, yeah, and then in the tenth end, both teams play it well. Carrick Martin makes the first tick, misses the second one, which is the opening that Carson Sturmey needs. Gets it so that Brendan Botcher is facing three with his last one, needs piece of the forefoot, and just for fun puts it full forefoot, maybe a piece of the button even, and he is the Alberta champion. That last end, you know, if you're Carson Sturmey, you can't ask really for more than to have Brendan Botcher cold draw. To the forefoot. That's, you know, if you start the end and, and tell the team without the hammer that, I think they'll take it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, uh, you know, all credit to Botcher and to those sweepers. They knew they knew what it needed out of his hand and, uh, you know, guided it there quite well. Yes. And, and just overall, you, you saw, you know, if we talk about the body language that we saw in the Manitoba game, it couldn't have been more different in this game. Both teams were calm, uh, confident. Uh, they had a sense of just, just the, it, you know, the Sturmey team, a couple panicky calls, and Darren Molding does his Darren Molding thing where uh, <laughs> he does panicky calls too. But there there wasn't the, the negativity that we felt or that I felt certainly in watching that Manitoba game. You, you got the sense of, this was a game of who who's going to make the shot, whereas the Manitoba t- game at times felt like who's going to miss. Yeah, I agree. And uh, so, so just a really – this was a fun game to watch. Yeah, a really fun game to watch. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we didn't start recording before it was over because yeah. I got to pay pay attention to yeah, a got pretty to good it. finish. Yeah, so, uh, so congratulations to Brandon Botcher. Fourth trip to the Briar, third Alberta Championship. He, of course, has lost the last two 
Breyer finals. First to Gushu, last year, of course, to Kevin Cooey. And, Scott, this this field, we'll talk about when we do our Breyer preview, this field is loaded. The women's field is loaded, and the men's field is, like, it's, it's, you know, it's it's fun if, you know, new teams make it, we get to see different people. But my goodness, we are going to lose good teams in the first round, in both. Like, we're, we're going to lose teams that you think could potentially win these events yeah. before we get to the championship pool. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. It's, uh, like you say, it is pretty loaded. Uh, have they released the pools yet for the men? Not yet. Not yet. That'll probably come tomorrow. It'll come in the next couple of days, yeah. So people listening to this probably already know. Yeah. But so, yeah, uh, it's yeah. going to be pretty fun down there in Kingston, Sean. And and uh, I don't know if we've mentioned, but uh, we're going to have uh, Game of Stones coverage. Yeah. Extensive from, coverage from extensive Kingston. Coverage live yeah. from Kingston. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, looking forward to that. We'll talk more about it as the time comes. Yes, so uh, that'll be a lot of fun. But let's talk real quick, Scott, about the wild card game. Mike McEwen, as we mentioned, he loses, so he is in the wild card game. And we talked about it when we previewed all the provincials of how the wild card berth could get all the way down to Glenn Howard if things broke right for him. And Scott, things broke right for Glenn Howard. <laughs> yes, and they did. The it ninth, just the way it needed to. Yeah, ninth rated team on CTRS points could have been passed by Tanner Horgan in Manitoba this week. If, man, if if Tanner Horgan had, I think, finished third, I think he had to make it into the semifinal game, could mm-hmm. have passed Glenn Howard, doesn't. So that spot will fall to the nine seed on the points. It's crazy. And we'll have Mike McEwen against Glenn Howard in a game that is scheduled, Scott, to have 160 rocks thrown. I'm guessing 158 of them will pick. Yeah, it's going to be, it's gonna be uh, fun to watch these two teams. <laughs> get used to the ice we've seen uh the past two years with this wild card game uh some pretty terrible games right we we saw like uh i think carrie anderson against uh whoever she played last year when she lost and it was just like hit like she had no idea where yeah. to put the broom it, anyway with these two teams it'll be pretty fun oh i can't believe that, that <laughs> side of the ice but uh yeah I, i'm into it i was rooting for botcher mostly because I wanted to see Team Glenn Howard in in the the opportunity to get to the Briar even. Glenn Howard fifty what is he, fifty seven now? Fifty six, fifty seven, yeah. Yeah. So I mean for him to be this good. Like Russ stopped playing when he was late forties when he or was he fifty when he won the gold medal, I think. That sounds about right, yeah. Yeah. So like it's pretty pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun too. They're sort of the hometown team, uh, being in Kingston, right? Glenn Howard's from Eastern Ontario, uh, so that should be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, a lot of fun, right? Dave Mathers from Ottawa uh, as well. So I mean, there will be a lot of a local flavor there, and uh, yeah. So last year in that wild card game on the women's side, uh, it was Carrie Anderson against Casey Scheidegger, of course. And Casey Scheidegger wins seven to six, a game in which the two skips combined, Scott, to shoot sixty-two percent. Yeah, it, yeah, they had no idea what was going yeah. on. It was it was very entertaining. Yes, it was. <laughs> Maybe not for the right reasons, but yeah, uh, it was yeah. it was an entertaining entertaining game. So we'll look forward to seeing that wild card game. 
hopefully the ice is in better shape and that the two teams can pick it up uh, so that we have a, an entertaining game, a well-played game between those two teams. And whoever makes it in, uh, it, it really doesn't matter in terms of strength of field. Uh, your field's going to be great. The, the teams that are qualified are, are solid all the way around. And whichever team gets that final spot, it's uh, it's going to be a slugfest in Kingston. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So that's that. We're, our fields are set. Yeah. We'll be we'll be back in a couple of weeks, or I guess next week, to preview the Scotties. No, this week. Oh, right, this week, because it starts it on starts. Friday. It starts, yeah. So this week, uh, the Scotties out there in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, kicking off on Valentine's Day, Friday night. Scott, what better way to celebrate Valentine's Day than by watching Tracy Fleury play Jennifer Jones in Moose Jaw, to be team wildcard at the 2020 Scotties. Yeah, to start the tournament of hearts on Valentine's Day. It's a beautiful thing. Nothing more fitting. And my Valentine's Day date, Sean, will likely be a beer and <laughs> maybe a pizza while I watch this game. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, on Friday night. So we'll be back later in the week to talk about this. Again, loaded field. This is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Curling Canada... Uh, you know, two years ago with the Scotties in the new format didn't really work. And I, I think it's because the field wasn't great a couple of years ago this year, the, the new format, I, this is what you, I think curling Canada wanted with the format, just big games all week. This is going to be a lot of fun. So we'll be back later this week to do a full preview of a just loaded Scotties field. And because these fields are so good, Scott, we're not just doing coverage of the Briar from Kingston. We're doing daily coverage of the Scotties from Ottawa. But <laughs> it'll be daily coverage of the Scotties because there's going to be so much going on, and I am so excited. Yeah, I've got a few vacation days left, Sean, and uh, I, I think I'm going to need to use at least one uh, to make sure make sure I can see all the curling and be able to podcast about it every day. I'm really excited. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a lot of fun. So starting on Friday, February fourteenth, about a half hour to forty five minutes after the the games go off air off TSN, we'll post a little recap of the day, what we thought, what we saw, and look forward to the next day. So if you have not yet, please do subscribe to the feed on Apple, Google, wherever it is you get your shows, so that you can be along for the ride with us for what should be a fun three weeks. Three weeks? Yeah, three weeks. It'll be good. Or four weeks. The the Briar final is four weeks today? Uh it's the A yeah, four weeks today. Yeah, so it'll be a, this is gonna be a fun month. So uh follow along with us and as I say, we'll be back later in the week to drop our big Scotty's preview as we look at all the teams in the field. Yes. Uh before we go though, Sean. Let's do some quick hitters of some other things that were going on that might be of interest to our listeners. The English Nationals finished today. Yes. And uh, Team Andrew Woolston, it was called Team Woolston all week. Uh, it's it's the same team that won last year with Andy Reid skipping, so it seems like maybe they flipped. Uh, but they won. They beat uh, Rob Retchless and our, our friend, the professor of Peel. Uh, a tough uh, gave up three in the eighth. 
and put, that put them down four. They had to try to, you know, manufacture something there in the ninth. We weren't able to do so, only got one, and then we ran out of stones in the tenth. So tough break there, but uh, good work making the final. Yep. Uh, well we done. We see uh, Nicholas Adin and Anna Hasselberg, surprise, surprise, both won Swedish championships. Shocking. Yeah, I know. Uh, hold on to your hats, you know, <laughs> listening to that. And I also wanted to mention the USA Nationals uh, got going this weekend yes. in Spokane. Uh, only a couple of games under uh, everyone's belt so far, but uh, no surprises. No surprises so far. No, but uh, yeah, definitely follow those along. And, and we can, I believe we have access in Canada to the feed. Yes. the If you go to tesn.us... Uh, that's 12th End Sports Network. There's a link to the USA Curling uh, Nationals live stream. So that's put on by by Team USA. Yeah, so definitely check that out. Uh, some some good ga- some good teams there. You know, Corey Dropkin, Rich Ruin, yeah. and John Schuster, of course, those regular teams that uh, we've seen before on tour. So they're all there. Should be a fun week. Um, and you know, John Schuster and his team, they're gonna have to play well to uh, to win. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Rocks Across the Pond did a pretty good preview of the field there last week. Uh, tomorrow night, Sean, 7 p.m. Pacific time, 10 p.m. Eastern time, the feature game on TESN will be Corey Dropkin and John Schuster. So if you can stay up late, or if you live on the West Coast, uh, also known as the Best Coast, you'll be able to uh, to watch that game. That should be a good one. Yeah, with the uh, fi- and the finals are going on Saturday as well. So, uh, a lot of yes. action out there to uh, to follow along. Should be a fun week out there. Good luck to all the teams competing. Yeah, and just real quick before we go, I, the mixed doubles also happened for England and Jonathan lost in the final to the the the, the couple or the <laughs> the, the, the people with the same team. name. Fowler and Fowler. Fowler, Fowler, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, they but, lost 8-2 uh, to two in that uh, in that final there. Again, Anna you know, and Ben Fowler. Not not easy um, making a final at a national event. No, so to go, yeah, to go back-to-back finals like that within a week. Uh, well done, Jonathan. Yeah, a lot of work. A lot of work. Uh, you've earned your rest. And uh, And that's all I have from the world of curling that curling zone is currently displaying. So there you go. So a lot going on, uh, really a fun time of year here on the podcast and in the world of curling. So we'll be back with you later in the week to, uh, keep going with all this great coverage of the season of champions. Very much looking forward to it. As I said, please do subscribe to the show, Apple, Google, wherever it is you get your shows, do the likes, ratings, all that fun stuff. Keep the show going. Let other people know about it. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Game of Stones Pod. Scott's there at Scott Lakes TV, and I'm at Dr. Shiny Fever. And as always, you can email the show at Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. So we'll be back with you later in the week. But until then, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final...